0: Welcome to the One Step Closer Podcast. My name is Eric Lapata. I get to serve as one of the hosts, and I am the co-lead pastor at the chapel. I am joined by my friend Spencer, who is the producer, and he is the worship lead at our Port Clinton campus. Speaking of Port Clinton campus, Spencer, we are joined by, I would say, if I had to use a word to define our guest, it would be dignified. Mm. And that is our friend, Myra. <laughs> Myra is the assistant to our executive pastor, who is Mark Geisbauer. And she is incredible. She means so much to our church. And she shared her story. With With us a few months ago at our staff meeting, and we all agreed we had to get on the podcast so they could hear your story, Myra. So I'm gonna ask you four questions. I'm going to ask about your history. So just tell us about who you are, where have you come from? Give us a little bit of where um, you're from. And then I'm going to ask you uh, some hurdles that you've had to face in life, some things that you've had to overcome to make you who you are today. And then I'll close by asking what's on the horizon. What gets you out of bed? What are you excited about in the future? But we always like to ask our guests This first question, and they all start with H, uh, is the first um, question, which is our hobby. What is something that people don't know about you, Myra, or Mm -hmm. something that you like to do when you have free time in your life?
1: Well, probably I would say that I make free time for my hobby, and that is if any of my grandchildren, I have five. I have four, four grandsons and one granddaughter. And if they are involved in any activity in which there is an audience, I'm there. And that would probably, that probably brings the most joy to my life right now. And watching them grow up, they range in ages from 16 to 22, which just blows my mind. How can that happen so quickly? So, my word to those of you who have little ones, I know it sounds crazy, but you better enjoy every moment of that because they go by so quickly. Well,
0: you're speaking to two dads right here who have little ones <laughs> yeah. who we will take that. Now, do they call you Grandma?
1: Actually, they call me, yes, they do call me Grandma, but because um, my husband was a football coach, and so they just called him Coach grandma, Grandpa, so I was Coach Grandma. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> a little different from what you would normally be called, but the other grandparents, one set of the grandparents lives in Pennsylvania, and once when my grandson was probably about three, he was just talking, it was just the two of us, and he was talking with me, and he said, well, Grandma said, and he just stopped and looked up at me, and he said, not you, the Pennsylvania Grandma. <laughs> so that's kind of how she became known. <laughs> that was how they differentiated us was Coach Grandma and Pennsylvania Grandma.
0: Oh, that is so great. Now, does Coach Grandma cook anything or bake anything oh, that your grandkids just love when they come over?
1: Banana pudding. Oh, Wow, that sounds good. And uh, they also at Christmas time, I don't even know how to describe it. I, to me they're kind of bland, but it's a soft sugar cookie that's almost like cake and you put the, you just put the icing on top of it and that's what they look forward to. I could not bake another cookie, other type cookie, any other kind of cookie. As long as I have those, I'm gold.
0: Well, Spencer and I would like to put our order in right now for some <laughs> I, of that banana pudding. I don't think uh, we've cookies. seen that at all staff yet. Oh,
1: you know, well, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah we're going to yeah. have to make a special request. Oh, banana pudding is a southern dish. so Okay,
0: that sounds good to yeah. me.
1: It's, it's outstanding.
0: Wow. Well, Myra, let's allow our listeners today to get to know you. Tell us about your history. Where have you come from, and what made you who you are today?
1: Hmm. It's very interesting. I've had a... Well, you you had mentioned before that I did kind of give my story to the staff one day, and when I was walking back, and I kept thinking to myself, you know, what what should I have said that I didn't say? And uh, actually, it was Spencer that kind of reinforced, maybe reassured me that I had. I said, I I don't think I ever said that I do recognize that what a blessed life that I have led. Yeah. And he said that came through, Myra. Sure did. And I thought, well, okay, as long as you understood that I do realize it. But, but we'll go all the way back. Uh, I started that story by telling that when my mom was expecting me, she said, I never cared whether you were a boy or girl. <clears throat> I just wanted one that talked a lot and had dark hair. <laughs> so but get ready, people that are listening to this, because i never had any trouble talking Aww. whatsoever. And she did tell me later, when I was in eighth grade, I nearly drove her crazy because I was never would be quiet. So, I came from the south. I was born and raised in North Carolina. If you're familiar with furniture land, High Point, North Carolina is the furniture city of the South. I never knew that. Now they make a lot of they make many big companies, the manufacturing companies where the furniture is actually manufactured there, and they have two big furniture shows during the course of the year, which bring in people from all over the country, really, mm-hmm. to see that. So that was my, as far as where I was born. Uh, I do remember saying because you add, you ask me how do you th- how was my life formed. And I think one of the most precious memories that I have of my mom and dad um, is seeing them both kneeling by their bed every evening, having praying, giving their prayers and their thanks to God. Mm. And that made quite an impression on me. And I, when I say I've led a blessed life, I know there are many people that have not ever experienced that. But that is a memory that I truly treasure. Mm. Uh, my father passed away at the age of 76, but my mother lived to be 100. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> so my You have some
0: good genes.
1: <laughs> well, as long as I can stay healthy, that's a, that's a good thing. Absolutely. That's a good thing. Wow. So it was, you No, know, she had sisters that were all in their 90s almost when they passed away. So I think we do have some of that longevity Unbelievable. in us. Uh, and growing up, my brother and sister were both older, They're eight and ten years older than I am. So you're the baby? I'm the baby. Oh. And trust me, they don't ever let me forget it, yeah. even at our ages today, of course. how spoiled I was and all that I got by with. <laughs> and I didn't get punished like they did. And I said, well, maybe I knew better not to do some of the things that you did. But that never flies as an excuse. Um, my I was raised in the church. My parents were not Christians when they got married, but they were early on in their marriage, they became Christians. So I did have that fundamental background growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, in my church, um, I do think it was actually it was my best friend's father. And uh, we would go back and forth, my best friend and I, every Sunday. One of us would go home with the other one because we also had evening services then. And then so we'd go back to church at night. Then we could go our separate ways. But her dad was also one of our Sunday school teachers. And he made such an impression on my life because he was funny, for one thing. He was just humorous, and he would keep you in stitches. Hmm. But he had such a love for the Lord that he did not mind sharing. And he was a traveling salesman, so he was on the road a lot. But I remember, I've never, I mean, you think back how long ago this has been, and I've never forgotten that one time in Sunday school that he said, I was just praising God. And he said, "I honestly, I just had to pull over on the side of the road because the tears were just flowing, and I could not see where I was driving. I was just so thankful to the Lord. Wow. And I thought, you know, that's you think about little things that he probably didn't think anything about sharing that, but the impact that that's had on my life that, you know, 60 years later, I'm still talking about this. So those are probably some of the things that made the biggest difference in my life. Um, I did go to a Christian college. I went to Taylor, graduated okay, from sure. Taylor University. Yeah. And um, I think that made a big difference, too, because it—and even and today it's even more so. But if when I, even when I was growing up, you know, if when you were in high school, if you were a Christian, you kind of were different from everybody else. And I know today it's a 100 times worse than it was when I was in school. Yeah. But I could hardly wait to get to a Christian university because there would be people like me there, mm. and I, I that again. I think you look at things that have solidified your walk with Christ. Yep. Those have been things that have, in my past anyway, that have done that.
0: So you go to Taylor, mm-hmm. and is that where you met Bill? It absolutely, oh, was. tell you know? me about that.
1: Oh, he's kind of funny. Um, he transferred in my sophomore year. And I had the football he played football and so he had to be there early for practice before the season opened. And I had gone to help get ready for the freshmen that were coming in. Well it was a tradition at Taylor that the football team helped move in the freshman girls. So he said to me later, he said, You were just flitting around everywhere and <laughs> and I wanted to meet you. Oh man. <laughs> and, and uh Actually, he had said the evening before that we'd been to dinner, and he said, I told one of the other players, I'm going to marry that girl. Now, I have never had anybody to confirm that, so I don't know if he's just feeding me a line or if he really did say that. But he did wait in the lounge until I was done flitting around, and uh, so we started talking, and he found out that I was from North Carolina. So I tell people our whole relationship started on a lie because he told me he was from North Carolina.
0: He really wanted you badly, huh? <laughs> he was trying any way to get yeah, you.
1: Evidently. <laughs> <laughs> so i I was so excited because it, Taylor, if you don't know, is in Indiana, sure. and I'm from North Carolina, so there were like a carload of kids came from the South, so you were always looking for a ride, you know to be able to get back and forth at home and back to school so I said well where in you know where in North Carolina He said, Raleigh was the only." City he ever heard of, and so he told me he was from Raleigh. Oh, that is so funny. And he'd figured it out that if I said, Well, what school did you graduate from? He said he was going to say, Well, my dad just got transferred there and I'd already graduated. <laughs> oh, he is something. <laughs> what man. a lie! I <laughs> wish I got to meet him. He sounded I, like I, such a good guy. You would have enjoyed him. Oh, my have.
0: goodness. So, you guys get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off on a lie, but sounded like it <laughs> yes. turned out pretty yes, good. Tell me, do you? Tell me about your kids.
1: How, okay. how did that go? Well, we were um, married almost five years before we had our first one. Yeah, and um, he was. This was before the ultrasounds where they would tell you, you know, you had no idea. Yeah, and so when I came, of course, he wanted a boy, obviously. Sure. And so when he uh, when I came out of the delivery room, he just is kind of looking at me like, "Well, cause I didn't." think oh you don't know yet (laughs) so I said well it's a Kent and so he was very pleased of course with that Um, then we had our second one about two and a half years later we have two boys and um, growing up was interesting I was the only girl in the family Mm. so actually my life and I when you talk about you know hobbies and things that i might like to do going to sporting events i still really enjoy because yeah. they both play ball that's awesome and uh between bill's coaching and both boys playing and I thought, well, you know what? I might as well do cheerleaders because I'm going to be there anyway. So I coached cheerleaders did for you about really? <laughs> for oh about my goodness. I think it was about eight years. I wow. think I did. So
0: do you I, know any of the cheers? Can you still tell us <laughs> some cheers? No.
1: <laughs> go fight with. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> it's so, it's interesting though when I do go to see my grandchildren play now that they honestly are still doing some of those same cheers and I can't believe it. Wow. Oh, that's that's been a. So I I look at my daughter-in-law who. Actually, our second son married my assistant, oh my cheerleading coach. Oh, my No so. kidding. <laughs> yeah, so it's a small world. Wow. Small world.
0: What was the favorite part, as you look back on your marriage, Meyer, what was your favorite part of your marriage?
1: Wow. Well, I've never even given that a thought, I guess. Um, there were probably, I would just take different parts from different segments of our lives. I mean, I... I always felt privileged that Bill worked very hard and mm-hmm. he was successful as a coach. And so I really took pleasure in that. And that was fun going to the games, And except when we lost. That was not fun. No. But, uh, there was only, there were only two times that I can remember that someone in the stand said something and I said something back to them. Yeah. And I've regretted it both times. Oh. I thought, you know, I should have just he would say, you know you don't need to say anything they have a right to their opinion but but that was my husband they were saying, you know you idiot
0: that's hard to hear <laughs> Yes
1: that was very hard to hear but other than two times I was able to maintain so and I didn't lose it I just made a, a back comment um, watching the boys grow up mm. and seeing him as a father mm. that was also a, a that was a that was a fun time in life. Um, I, in some ways, and, I, and you guys will understand because of your ages, you are so busy mm-hmm. at the time of life that you're living right now and will be until the kids are gone. That um, I probably really also enjoyed those years after the children because it was a time where we could be back together. As far as mm-hmm. the marriage is concerned, you know, yeah. family's still above everything else. Sure. But just the marriage part of it, you know, I think we were as close. Before he passed away, as we'd ever been. Mm.
0: You know, you alluded obviously to Bill and passing away, and that's a perfect segue into a hurdle in your life. I know him passing away has probably been one of the biggest things that you've had to overcome Mm. and still overcome. Mm -hmm. I think some people say uh, time heals, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't, it helps. Mm -hmm. But tell us about that hurdle and what did you have to go through during that time, Myra?
1: I'm going to back it up just a little bit. Uh, He had not been able to live much of a life, really, probably the last two years of his life. In fact, when we went to the emergency room and the doctor was questioning us, and he said, I really don't have a life. Mm. And I think he realized that there was really very little that he was physically able to do anymore. So when I think about, and the boys and I have talked about this, when I think about You know, I wish he were back. That's selfish on my part, Mm. because I know he's in heaven Mm -hmm. and no more pain. You know, he can get around and do. And I just, I just see it myself as being selfish. But I think the Lord understands. Yeah, of course. That deals with that. Yeah. But um, when he was, this is kind of a funny story. I've yet to figure it out. But when you go into the hospital, the doctor will always ask you questions to see how lucid you are. And he could answer almost all of them except the one where they said, where do you live? Hmm. And he said, North Olmstead. And I looked, and I looked at the doctor. And I said, that's that's not true. <laughs> and uh, every single time he they asked him that question, that was his response. Huh. We had never lived in, never had we lived in North Olmstead. We lived close to it. But I would say to the nurses, I said, well, that was my favorite place to shop.
0: Oh, see? <laughs>
1: and, <he's>, and they <laughs> said, well, what he <laughs> means to say is all my money is in North Oh, my <laughs> goodness,
0: that is so true. That is so, funny.
1: We could always laugh about that yes. part of it. But I do, um, he was in, he, the last three days of his life, he was in hospice. And um, when we went in, Dr. Jim... Was there, and we had taken the revelation class actually oh, from yeah. Doctor Jim, so you know we did know him. So when we went in, he said to the people there, "Well, this is Coach." He said, "That's nobody calls him anything but Coach. This is just Coach." And um, so when he came, when Doctor Jim came in then to just talk to the family, he said, um, "Well, the chariot's on its way." Mm. He said, sometimes they stop and have a picnic, Mm -hmm. but it is on the way. I thought, well, what a gentle way that was of telling us, you know, get prepared. But you pretty much knew that.
0: How was that for you? How much of a hurdle was caring for your husband in those last days for you? And what sort of encouragement, hope can you offer people who maybe are dealing with a family member who's, Going a, through that, yeah, who's who's in their last days, and and what what kept you going?
1: Well, my faith made a huge difference, and and then prayer. And Bill was, I, and I know not everyone's going to have it this way, but Bill was very easy to care for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was you know when when he got up in the morning, I had to help, and uh, and I know that bothered him, and I'm sure that the people that are dealing with this, that you know, I think just trying to make them feel as comfortable and that you're not putting me out any. Yeah. And I, when I look back now on those years, I would go through those again, again and again and again, you know, just to have mm-hmm. him here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then the, my, my favorite story, which does help me get through a lot of this is um, on the day that he passed, uh, pastor Bill Schroeder came by mm-hmm. and he and I just did small talk because Bill was non-responsive at that point. And so he just went over to Bill and put his hand on Bill's arm and said, Bill, I'd like to pray with you. And in the prayer, he quoted the part of the 23rd Psalm that says, you know, I, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. And he just stopped and he in the prayer and he said, Bill, he doesn't say I'm waiting for you on the other side. He said, I will be with you. Mm. And so when he finished the prayer, I looked up at him to say thank you. Our two sons were one was on each side of Bill, and they said, "Mom, when he finished his prayer, Dad turned his head, and it, just like he mouths the word, wow, look mm. what I see,' mm. and before Pastor Bill could have been to his car, Bill had passed. Wow! And I, what a that still I <laughs> I'm getting chills oh, right now chills just too. thinking about that. That what a what a way. I mean, could it have been any better uh, for him and for us at yes. that memory, that how peacefully that was, and I I, I remember saying he's not breathing, he's uh, not breathing, uh, and that was that was his passing. So that was, and now what you deal with after that is um, Bill was a really private person. Mm-hmm. And he almost almost really had to promise there would there would he did not want a service he didn't want any big to do he didn't want anything he really would have preferred that I he'd been buried that evening mm. well that wasn't going to happen so we did make it on Sunday we just had a graveside service just for the family and um, but he did let me do a postcard and um, our and I hate to even say it this way because I don't I don't mean it to be a theme, but that's kind of faith, family, and football was kind of the way we lived our lives. Yeah, sounds like it. So that pretty much sums up those yeah. three words. Yes. So we did, on the postcard, I had a picture of an anchor mm. for the faith. We had the picture of all we all of the, the, our family for the service wore all team shirts, different teams. you mm. know, Whatever your favorite sport was and your favorite team, you wore that shirt. So we have a picture of all of us. Uh-huh. And then uh, football— This part, I don't know if I shared this with the church or not, but this was, we did not have uh, grave sites or anything picked out. All he knew was he was going to be buried on Catawba. So I just sent the boys, and I said, you know, just go find a place. Mm. And they said, well, Mom, can't you give us some kind of directions? You know, we don't know what to do. I said, well, I don't think I really want to be close to the road. But other than I said, and people always say, well, if there's a tree, that would be nice. I said, but that part doesn't matter. Mm. So they go, and so the man is taking them around, and he starts toward the road. And they said, well, I don't think we want anything close to the road. He said, Mom, we turned around, and because he, he had said there's some there's some other things back toward the end back of the of the cemetery, and. The Catawba Cemetery backs up on a park, mm-hmm. and right beside where the where the cemetery ends, there are goalposts. Oh, my goodness. And five pine trees. Wow. So they just said, Mom, we just looked at each other and said, mm. that's it. Mm. So any pictures, like if I put things on the, you know, as a memory on the gravesite, then mm. I always try to take a picture that has those goalposts in mm. the background. Wow. So that was another kind of... I just how God just gets us through is yeah. the things that we need at the time we need it the most. You know, how he provides is just incredible.
0: It's so funny you say that because it feels like that little thing, it just showed that <laughs> God cared about mm-hmm, the little mm-hmm. things. My follow-up question to you is, what would you tell somebody who is grieving right now, the loss of a, of a spouse, a, a mom, a friend? What have you learned about God in the midst of your grief?
1: Um, the first thing that I, one of the, kind of like a little quote that someone gave me that said, the deeper the love, the deeper the grief.
0: Mm, That's so true.
1: So so you know that you're going to, you're going to go through that period. But there just been like little things that have happened along the way that, um, I mean, we have some rainbow stories that kind of just kind of just blow your mind. Mm. Um, I'll just give you a really quick one yeah, that please. the other day, uh, his birthday would have been Flag Day, the fourteenth of June. Okay. And he always he loved strawberry Sundays from the Dairy Dock in Marblehead. So my friend said to me, Myra, I'm going to take you over tonight, and we're going to have a strawberry Sunday. Mm-hmm. Said, well, that was very sweet. So we go to. We always would park at the church beside the lighthouse to eat our Sundays, so we went there. And so we we're looking out over the lake, and I said, That looks like it's going to rain over there. And I didn't think any rain was predicted. Well, sure enough, here comes the clouds are rolling in, and guess what appears? Just as we're finishing those strawberry Sundays, there's a rainbow. Oh. So I just, those are the things that, you know, and I sometimes pray, Lord, don't let me miss the signs. Mm-hmm. Just don't let me miss them because I know you're providing them. Yeah. I just don't want to miss them. Wow. But I think, I know people talk about memories, but I can't tell you the times that I can also smile because something will come to mind that was a funny thing mm-hmm. or just something that was very meaningful to us. Yeah. And I can smile about it. And I think God provides those memories.
0: Yeah, he does. Wow. Wow. You know, Myra, what I love about you is I've heard it said that when you go through grief, you have two paths you can follow. You can either get bitter, mm-hmm, bitter mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. bitter with life, bitter that that person still has their husband and I don't. Or you can get better, that instead mm-hmm. of turning away from God, you turn toward mm-hmm. God. and Instead of staying in bed, which happens for a lot and that's normal, mm-hmm. y- you come out and, and you live life. And I, I see that in you. I see someone who has allowed this grieving process to make them better. You are such a Mm -hmm. servant, not just on our staff, but when we're in Port Clinton on Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. you're there, you're faithful. Mm -hmm. You're, you're so encouraging Spencer. And I know this, um, our listeners probably wouldn't know this, but, uh, the way we communicate through our staff, um, we try to encourage one another. And when we, Um, need that encouragement the first person to usually comment is you and I just think your life is such a shining example of faithfulness Um, you still are hurting you're still limping you're still grieving I can see that in your face now Mm -hmm. but you have not gotten bitter you've allowed Mm -hmm. that to make you better and I think that's incredible
1: I think one of the interesting things, and I'll give um, Becky credit for this, I had really never heard of people having a word for the year. Mm. So one time I was over at the Portland Chapel when we were first first starting in there, Mm. and Bill had been gone about two years. And she said uh, that her word for the year was going to be clarity. Mm. And I thought, well, that sounds like that's. I kind of like that idea. So I thought, okay, Lord, you know, give me a word. (laughs) And I could not begin to tell you how many times I kept hearing over and over and over the word light, Mm. light, light. And I thought, well, obviously, that's to be my word for the—honestly, I'm almost thinking, now that you're saying this, that's almost my word for the rest of my life here. Mm. Because I um, saw—there was not—I kept a journal that year, and I'd never done that before. And (laughs) This is kind of a confession— when I started the journal, what I wanted to be able to write every day was how had I let my light shine for Christ? Mm. You know, where, what difference had I made in anybody's life? Well, I got to about the second or third day and I thought, oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> now what am I going to put down? Because uh. I didn't do anything today. <laughs> but I turned into uh, where I would see the word light so many times. Mm. And then what was interesting to me was there are flashlights Mm -hmm. there are pen lights there are overhead lights there are lamps there are night lights how many different types of lights Mm -hmm. there are and how each situation requires a different light so that was kind of then the rest of the year that was kind of the path that i took and Mm -hmm. there was not a day in that year that there was not something about light it came up in my life. It was oh, amazing, just amazing. amazing. And even yet today, I still keep seeing this over and over and over. And that was, I'd never really thought about it till you asked that question. But I think that might be the word for the rest of my life. Mm. This year, I focused on, I, well, there's a book called Focused. Yeah. And every week, there's a different word. Mm. So I thought, well, I think I'm going to try that this year. Mm. But it's been okay. Yeah. but i really prefer and i think i'm just going to go back to that because i i mean if if i can shine the light of god and one explanation that i got for that is really all you're doing is showing god's love. Yes. That's all that's what the light is is yes. showing his love. Yeah. And if i can touch one life a day in whatever way god sees fit, then i I will have accomplished what I think his purpose is right now in my life.
0: Mm. Well, it sounds like you just answered my fourth question. I said, I was going to say, what's on the horizon? Well, it sounds like a part of that answer is just continuing to shine God's light through reflecting his love to the world. What else, Myra, as you look forward and to the future, what has you excited? What has you getting out of bed and say, I can't wait to do that today?
1: I really had to. I struggled with that when you told me ahead of time that that was going to be a question. There are a lot of things that I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And being a part of the ministry here at the church has been one of the biggest. That's probably been the biggest highlight of my getting through these last few years of this because it has really given me another focus, which is really, I think you need, if you're grieving, you need, you need to still need a purpose. Absolutely. And go back to Spencer's question when, I was caring for Bill. You know that was my purpose at that time, mm. but that purpose is ended. So yeah. now, what? You know, am I just going to be floundering around out here? And um, I have gotten to know the people who are the ministry here at the chapel, and uh, I can't tell you the impression that your lives have made. I see your hearts, which I don't think most people would have the privilege of seeing. I see how, what this means to you and the lives that you try to live and how important that is to you and your ministry. And that has meant a lot to me. So mm. I would say probably one of my highlights is the days that I get to spend here. Yeah. And honestly, this is, I don't even think I've told Mark this. There are days when I come when there's no one here. Mm. One, I can work without being interrupted. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, it's just the, the calmness mm. and the peace that I feel when I enter the church buildings. So I think that's God's presence, but it's his presence through the people who are here.
0: And you are one of those people. When I'm ever mm-hmm. around you, I feel that same calmness mm-hmm. and peace. And I think those who are listening today, if you never have met Myra, <laughs> if you're in town, come visit her at our Sandusky <laughs> campus during the week or Port Clinton on the weekends. Mm-hmm. If not look her up because she is someone mm-hmm. who radiates God's presence mm-hmm. and peace. And I just thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and your story and the way that you've lived your life pre and post Mm. uh, losing bill is a, is a light for everybody. So thank thank you so much.
1: Thank you. This has been fun. I I hope in some way, if I could have helped or touched anyone's life, that that's happened.
0: You have. I promise you. you. Thanks Mara.